How many of us have thought to ourselves that we have everything under control and we can control the outcome? And sometimes we say to ourselves, man, we got this. I don't need no help. You know what? I'm too good to lose. (laughs) Check this out. Nope. Let's go. You have reached the I'm Dealing With broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned as we talk about I'm too good to lose. Let's go. Welcome to another edition of the I'm Dealing With broadcast. Once again, I'm Sean, your host. Okay, so I hope everyone had a blessed weekend. You know, it looks like the weather was looking pretty nice, wasn't it? Um, I know some some places are just like blazing. Other places have had a nice little cooling off period. And of course, the temperature is picking right back up this week as I was down, you know, south a little bit, enjoying the nice weather this weekend. So, I mean, for me, I can't complain. So, but anyway, we're going to get right into today's broadcast, man. We're going to be talking about I'm too good to lose. Man, how many of us us have said that, that we are too good to lose? You know, sometimes we get up in that mindset. There's nothing wrong with confidence, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's a beautiful thing when you have confidence. But when confidence turns into arrogance, Oh, man, I'm going I'm to talk about some old stuff right real quick. And you've heard uh, Lee, the previous broadcast where I talked about something in school back in elementary. And I'm going to ride right back to that, um, but not that point, not that early. I'm going to come back a little bit later. This is right around my fifth, sixth grade year. And um, I, you know, uh, you know, I was that dude, you know, that just thought that, hey, you know, I got it, you know. And many of us uh, sometimes, even in our earlier lives, matter of fact, sometimes in our later lives, we have that confidence that we just we just got it all under control. So and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's funny, you know, you go through this thing and, and uh, you know, a lot of trials and hiccups and bumps in the road deter you or uh, maybe change your methodology, change your mindset or the way, your way of thinking where uh, you realize that, you know, sometimes you don't always have it under control. Mind you, you know, some people do, you know, some t- people have it under control and, uh, you know, they have that I'm too good to lose mentality, which is, you know, cool. Um, but what ends up happening is, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And I tell you what, uh, during this time of uh, this uh, elementary man, uh, me being in elementary school, you know, I was in the uh, math science program at the school that I went to down there in good old San Diego. And and I mean, uh, it was a a good deal. You know, there's a lot of moments that you've probably already heard about in some of the earlier podcasts, you know, but then there were some bad moments. I mean, some bad moments, you don't say like, ouch. Yeah. And um you know, and sometimes some of your earlier years kind of shape who you are later on in life. And there's some things that I had to refer back to and look back at why I think the way I think. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I 
talk the way I, I talk? Why do I have the lack of self-confidence in some areas? And why am I confident in other areas? You know, so it's it's weird, but sometimes it goes back. And if we were to be completely truthful, some things are because of our experiences, maybe the way we were treated or mistreated um, that have caused us to be the way we are. And in this particular instance, you know, be, being in uh, elementary school during this time, I believe this is right around the fifth grade year, you know, um, for those of us that were, you know, our 70s babies, you know, 70s, you know, late 60s, 70s babies. You remember that, uh, especially in California, can't speak too much to the other states, but especially in the uh, California, um, we had, you know, the physical fitness trials, right, where every year you had to go through this physical fitness trial. And a lot of times, depending upon how you did, so you got this little patch. I mean, y'all remember the, the patches that you would get? Some said the presidential patch and a couple other different things. Sometimes you just got a little ribbon for participating, <laughs> you know, for participating. Uh, you lost, but, you know, you got the ribbon for participating. Um, you had to go through this, uh, the sit-ups trials. You know, you had to do X amount of sit-ups. You had to do X amount of push-ups. You had to do uh, X amount of pull-ups. Uh, there was a running uh, trial where you had to do a mile within a certain amount of time. Yeah, a bunch of different things, right? So I remember all these different aspects. But this one particular year, they were hosting a like a like a miniature track and field in elementary. You know, and during that time, that was kind of unheard of. You know, there's like a kind of like a mock javelin toss. I mean, it wasn't a real javelin. A spear, but it was a kind of a spear, kind of had a round head, so you really wasn't going to hurt nobody, and a bunch of different things. They had um, they had a type of shot put, but what they'd end up using was like a heavy um, softball or something of that po- of that sort. It was just kind of weird. Um, they had like uh, the track where they had uh, relay races. They had like the 100-yard dash. Yeah, back in the day, it was called the 100-yard dash. Um, and there's a bunch of different things. Um, so yeah, and I ended up participating in that because, you know, the physical fitness, everybody, the whole school had to participate in it. It didn't matter, um, whether you wanted to or not. That was just what that was because, um, they gave you things to participate in it and you had to, of course, and there was rewards for going above and beyond. But the truth of the matter is they had to report their physical fitness trials of their students to back to the board. It was just a requirement back in those days. You know, now they don't do jack, right? <laughs> Here, go outside and play. Put on some draws and just go play. Yeah, they're, back then, you, everybody participated. That's just what that was. And uh, I was just involved in this thing because, you know, one thing about me, I love to run. You know, I, you know, I was just, I was, I just love running, period. But I wasn't, I mean, to be honest with you, I wasn't a long distance runner. I was more of a sprinter. Now, I won't say that I was the fastest one because Lord knows I wasn't. But in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, um, I was fast in my mind, you know. So um, but then, you know, this is during the days of uh, remember, um, you know, the K-Pro, you know, the Apple 2E, uh, later on Commodore 64. And you remember when Radio Shack had that Tandy computer? <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. So, yeah, I participated 
in this uh, these track and field events. And I mean, this particular day, I knew it was coming. I was so amped up about it. I was excited. And, you know, um, those of you have heard, you know, previously I talked about, you know, be, me being the middle child. You know, I have a younger sister and older brother. So it was like, you know, I had, uh, as I would say then, you know, the perfect child at one end. I had the baby at the other end. And I'm somewhere trying to find who I am in the middle. Right. So here is, is there something that I knew I was good at? So I was so amped up. I was so excited to participate in this event, you know, that I thought that would just um, just be awesome. Right. So, you know, and it was during this time where you're able to invite you know, family and friends, your mom, dad, aunts, uncles, you know, whatever that was, you can invite whoever you wanted. So for the most part for me, I'm, yeah, I'll just be honest and frank with you. The only time, you know, I really had a lot of people come to any event that I had going on was when, let's see, I got a referral. <laughs> I was in the principal's office uh, the counselor called my parents because whatever, the, you know, because I messed up or didn't do something, you know, uh, the teacher called my parents. Or so. so it was very rare that, you know, they came to stuff that was positive, you know, because, you know, I was not, you know, completely positive at everything I did. And, you know, I own that. I own that. OK. However, I did have some positive moments. And sometimes I think. Um, I think we truthfully act out as children as well as adults for attention, for the for the, the positive attention that maybe we didn't get as we were children. Mm, something to think about. And um, yeah, so sometimes, you know, I did some things because I wanted the uh, the approval. I wanted the attention. I wanted the face. I wanted the eyes of my family dynamic that I felt I wasn't getting. So sometimes, you you know, you do some unseemly things to get what you want. But a lot of times what you end up getting is still not what you want. Right. Because it's all the attention for the wrong reasons. So but this particular day, you know, um, this was something that was completely positive. It was some, uh, something that was completely off the chain and that I would think of in, in uh, my standpoint. And I just thought it was just going to be a beautiful thing. I'm like, going, yeah, that's going to be awesome. This is going to be great. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell my, um, my mom and dad about it. I told my mom and dad about it. I told, uh, you know, a couple different people, and then they told a few people. And it was weird because come to find out, the very same day I was having this particular track and field event at school, you know, as uh, fate would have it, my brother had something going on at his school too today. It's the same day. <laughs> God, I was pissed. I'm like, I mean, can I have a day where I have them all to myself? I mean, just one day. And I can't remember what he had going on, uh, but he had something going on. And so the families kind of had to split and choose uh, what they were going to go support. And oh, my God, I mean, it was I mean, truth be told, it was kind of heart sinking. You know, it really sunk my heart. And, you know, that I was like, oh, dang, you know, 
if anything, I want, you know, my family there to support me for a change, you know, at something that, okay. But, you know, <laughs> but let's just be honest. I, um, I was really uh, amped, excited about what's about to happen and take place this day. So I got up that morning, got myself together. You know, I end up at school and everyone's talking about what's going to happen later on that day. Everybody's talking about it, you know, and I'm excited about what's going on. Um, And in the midst of it, you know, we really start paying attention as to who's doing what. So everybody's looking at the list, uh, you know, who's going to participate in the javelin toss, who's going to participate in the, the shot put, you know, toss, who's going to participate in the, uh, the, tra- the rest of the track events, the relay, the one mile. And then, of course, the hottest one was the 100 yard dash because everybody talked up how fast they were. Now, truth be told, there was a gentleman and his name was Jimmy. I I know his first name. You know, I'll never forget his name. I don't know his last name, but his name was Jimmy. And I mean, this dude, um, every the whole school knew that um, if Jimmy ever entered this race, it was it was a shoe in. There's no one at the school that to beat that could beat this cat. This guy was just so fast. It was ridiculous ridiculous don't matter if he was running barefoot uh, running barefoot or with boots on this dude was just gonna smoke everybody it was just what it was so um but i knew at the at based upon who i knew had entered at the time i knew i was kind of a shoo-in for the most part you know i knew i wasn't the fastest jimmy at all but i knew if he didn't that if he wasn't racing that I'm like, <laughs> I got this, you know, I'm a shoe in. And but then when the list turned up that day, sure enough, as fate would have it, as some of y'all would say, as luck would have it, I see Jimmy's name on the list. I'm like, you know, ain't this a blip, right? So I said, well, I'll still do the good. So I'm just going to just say, uh, yeah, I'm just going to settle for second place because based upon this list that's entered and I know it's like um, eight or nine of us that were on this list and based upon the names I'm like I'm a shoe in because everybody that decided to enter I can smoke no problem okay so I just said okay I'm just gonna relegate myself to second place I just gotta come off the line I'm good boom done got it right and, you know, a lot of times, you know, we we as men, um, that's our mentality. You know, there, there's some people we know that we're uh, that we're not as good as in certain areas of our lives. Maybe not professionally, not skillfully, not vocally, not even in our uh, sometimes in our ethical in the way that the ethical way we do things, maybe not even in our speech. Maybe not in our mind as far as our way of thinking. We're not as popular or very thought provoking as others. And, you know, but we compare ourselves to others that are in their class, not maybe not the top echelon, but then are others that we think that are in our class. And we say, well, we, we got them beat. Right. 
Okay. Y'all know where I'm going right with this, right? Just, just hold on. Grab your seatbelt and strap in. It's a good one. And sometimes, you know, when you begin to compare yourself by yourself, <laughs> oh, man, you're comparing yourself to the wrong thing, right? Because if you're never looking above you, I mean, literally, if you're never really looking above you, I mean, what are you really measuring yourself by, you know, measuring your goals or um, not the fact that you have to be like someone else. But a lot of times we get so confident, we get so uh, argumentative, we get so uh, cocky, uh, arrogant in our way of thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm just too good. I am just too good. And, the, and to be honest with you, that's where I was. Um, I knew I wasn't going to win. But outside of him, <laughs> the dude that I knew would be in first place, I got the win. <laughs> OK, you know, and that's and that's just kind of where I was. I was just like, oh, I got this right. So, again, I'm going through this list. I'm looking through this list of people. And I see a bunch of different names. And then another name that stood out was this, uh, this girl, uh, on this list. And, uh, and I'm gonna call her name, you know, cause we go way back like Cracker Jacks, right? And her name is Tracy Bonner. And, uh, yeah, and the reason why I know her name for a fact, because we go all the way back to, I believe it's kindergarten. We went from kindergarten to, uh, in junior high, um, let's see, basically all elementary, but in junior high, we went to different um, junior high schools, but we came across each other's path again in high school. And then even from high school, outside of high school, we remained uh, friends and stayed in contact. Um, uh, she ended up moving, I believe, to the Midwest, uh, back east, whatever, ended up in somewhere like Atlanta or whatever the place, uh, case may be then. And then ended up coming back to California. I'm not sure where she is now. I haven't talked to her in a long time. But but again, this girl name is Tracy Bonner. Now, one thing about Tracy, you know, she was all girl. She was all girl in a lot of facets, but in a lot of different areas that that, you know, boys usually occupy. She was good at giving you a run for your money, whether I don't care if it was in Foursquare, Dodgeball, uh, kickball, whatever that was, for her being a girl, she was competitive. And, and believe it or not, sometimes, uh, depending upon what the sport was, let's just say, you remember you know, back in the days where, hey, I'm Captain A, you're Captain B. Okay, you pick a person. Now I pick a person. Now you pick a person. Okay. So, but if she was anywhere in the mix, like waiting to be picked and she wasn't a captain, a lot of times she was picked before some of the guys because of her talent. Right. So I noticed that she was on this list <laughs> and I just like, oh, my God, I said, what, what Tracy's entering? I said, "Woo, she's going to smoke a lot of these guys because she was fast, especially for a girl. She was fast for a girl. And I was like, oh, man. And if you look at today's times. You know, there's a whole lot of women that have smoked some of these men and light them up. I mean, we'll pretty much mop the floor with some of these guys. Right. And um, but again, so for a girl, she was real, real fast. And she gave a lot of guys a run for their money, even real fast guys. I mean, it, she just a lot of times it just depended upon what runner really showed up that day. 
But for the most part, she's pretty consistent at just being fast, right? So again, I noticed that she was on the list and I'm like, okay, so I'm not worried about her. I'm not worried about this guy, that guy, that guy. Whatever. I'm like, it's like well, you know what? Second place for me is in the bag. We got this. So the different um, track and field events went on and, you know, the mile, the the javelin, the shot put, a lot of things start going on and some were going on at the same time. But what they did do when it came down for down to the 100 yard dash, not the relay race, not the one mile, but when it came down to the 100 yard, because they were going to blow a whistle and the runners had to be, be able to pay attention to the whistle, all the other games ceased, meaning, you know, the 100 yard dash had its own um, practice, meaning that everyone that the other races were either already over with the tosses were already over with um whatever was whatever else was going on was was already stopped by the time it was time to do the 100 yard dash and what they did was they left the 100 yard dash for like the tail end like the the killer at the end of the day okay the killer like we're going to wrap up and we're going to top this day off with the 100 yard dash because it had been hyped up. And truth be told, anyone that was entered in that race, we were talking trash all day long. From the time school started, we got on the field, um, from the time we went to class early in the morning, all the way up until while we're watching the events, you know, go on while we, you know, while we're waiting for our event to start, you know, all of us were really talking about trash to each other. I mean, we really were. And <laughs> I was a big talker. Oh my, I'm just going to tell the truth. I was a big talker and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not going to go into everything I said. I don't remember everything I said. I just know I was talking a lot of trash. So um, so as it gets closer to the time when the hundred yard dash is about to begin, they announce our next event will be the hundred yard dash. Uh, we have, I think we're like, I think they said either five or 10 minutes away. So all runners that are going to be to participate in the hundred yard dash, please report to, you know, this particular area, you know? So, I mean, Oh, you can just hear the spark and the excitement in the crowd and a bunch of different people and stuff. And again, you were running on, we were running on concrete. It's not like we had a full stadium, you know, even like a high school field or a junior high field. I mean, we were just elementary school. We was on blacktop, <laughs> literally running on blacktop, not even dirt. You know, we didn't, there was no cleats. Basically, you run what you brung. It's like we used to do on the streets. <laughs> Whatever, you run what you brung, right? Yeah, you, you drive your pencil, you bring your pencil to the drag strip, strip, that's what you're racing. That's just what it is. You run with your bronc. So I don't care if you had zips, <laughs> Payless shoes, uh, Stride Right, uh, Adidas, Nikes, uh, whatever you wore that day, that's what you that's what you raced in. That's just, you know. And uh, there's excitement. So as I'm looking around, you know, I'm trying to find out, you know, who, who came to see me? You know, and I think a lot of times in life when we reach milestones, I think all of us want to be appreciated when we reach milestones or we're doing something positive or we're doing something um, in our eyes that we think is, you know, that's elite um, or productive, self-sustaining, 
we want we want to be recognized, not you know celebrated to a point, but we want to know that people actually care about the things that we do. And I'm looking through the crowd, and I'm looking to um, to see anyone from my camp, anyone from my family tree, any friend, any family member, an aunt, a cousin, you know, mother, father, you know, sister, brother. I want to see someone from my camp that actually uh, feels as though like I'm worth it, you know, um, and we all want to feel like we're worth it, that we're worth being seen. We're worth uh, the time. We're worth the time of day to, you know, sometimes be called, you know, many of you right now that are listening uh, deal with the simple fact that you feel like you're never celebrated. You feel like you're never, you'd feel like you're always alone. You feel like any accomplishment that you've ever made in life, you've had to celebrate by yourself. Some of you are maybe unmarried, you're single, and uh, you're a great cook, a great chef. Uh, You know how to clean a house. You know how to take care of your dog or pets or whatever. And every time you walk through that door, um, there's no one there to greet you, and you struggle with that. And, um, yeah, this was my period in time to where I'm looking over the audience and I know some of the people that I've talked trash to I mean I look in and I see like a friend of mine his name was Eric I see his whole family I'm introduced to his whole family his mom dad his grandfather aunt and uncle there were some I mean he had like 15 people show up and I'm just like Wow, that's cool, you know. And I, and I, and again, we were talking trash to each other. You know, he was my buddy, but I was talking trash to him. Letting him, you know, he's about to get smoked. He's about to, you know, he's about to get embarrassed. And uh, but I noticed. I said, "Wow, you know, look at all the support. Look at all the support this guy guy has. Look at all the people who uh, I'm not going to say reverence him, but celebrate him. Look at all the people who um, have been there and are willing, no matter." Uh, what the outcome is going to be. We just want you to know that we as a family, as a group, as a unit, have your back, you know? And then I was like, well, wow, you know? So um, as um, I'm being introduced to his family, I'm still looking around for mine. (laughs) Wow. Have you ever been in a situation where you are in a place where you should be celebrated and you see the uh, the room and you see how many people show up for others and the lack of presence for yourself. And you're still looking for your celebratory uh, group. Uh, you're looking for your people. And uh, yeah, I was looking for my people. I was looking for my people. And um, I'm there and I see some of my other uh, constituents, some of my other gradesmen, um, with their families, you know, their mother, father, maybe their older brother, their grandma, you know, the different ones. Maybe it's neighbors from their community who have came out. And and I'm just like, going, wow, you know, I'm just like, going, there's a lot of people here. This is crazy. And again, I'm amped up by the audience. I'm amped up by the crowd. I'm amped up by everything around me, but yet still, you know, you can find yourself being surrounded by thousands of people and still feel alone. And I'm standing there. And then I turn and I look to my left and I see my father. Yeah. 
I saw my father. And standing with my father, I saw my grandfather. And I'm like, wow, somebody showed up. My dad's here. Wait, my dad's here. And it's not for the wrong reasons. My dad's here for the right reasons. My dad's here to support me, not because I got a referral, not because um, that is parent-teacher conference day, not because I got called to the principal's office, but my dad is here, the person that I always said as a child I wanted to be like. I reverenced my father, even though later on I, I, I had a, you know, uh, uh, unseemingly uh, relationship toward him. Um, but my, during this time, my dad is here and I'm like, wow, he's here. And then it hit me that, but not only is he here, his father's here. So they've got gen three generations, um, on the field. We got three generations on the blacktop, three generations, um, looking at, a process of what possibly could happen in a great way. And I thought to myself, said, wow, my grandfather's here. This is going to be an awesome, momentous occasion. But in my mind's eye, as much as I should have uh, been a lot more celebratory and a lot more appreciative, um, but when I compared my audience to the audience of others, it was dwindled by a huge margin. It was because as big as my father was in my eyes, as big as my grandfather was in my eyes, it wasn't as big as those that came and supported the other, uh, the other runners. And I was like, I have two people that came. I have my dad and my grandfather, and that's it. Other people have both grandparents, both mom and dad, both uh, mother, father, sister, brother, their neighbors, they have cousins and aunts, uncles, da 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 on down the line. But, you know, sometimes we become unappreciated for what we have. And then because we, again, measure ourselves by ourselves, we compare ourselves to what others have. But we fail to realize what about the people who are there that are participating and nobody showed up? I didn't, I never thought about that. I never thought about the person who's running, the person who is participating has no one there to celebrate them. I didn't think about that. I was just only focused on what I was dealing with. <laughs> yeah. And I'm um, comparing what I see by what I have. And in this day and time, we're, we always constantly compare what we have or what we have lack of by what other people do have. And I think a lot of times we need to learn how to enjoy reverence and honor what we have because there are so many people that don't even have what we have. You know, uh, someone told me that they celebrate the fact that the bills come to their mailbox because it lets them know and realize and understand that they have an address because there's so many people that don't get mail and bills because they don't even have an address, <laughs> you know, and the reason why they don't have an address is because many are homeless. 
We complain about the cars that we drive because it's not a supercar. It's not a high-end car. It's not a Lexus. It's not an Infiniti. It's not an Audi. It's not a Beamer. It's not a Mercedes. It's not a Jag. It's, you know, we, we complain about the car because it's old and it seems like it's on its last leg. But what about the person who's walking in shoes that they've, the same shoes that they've been in for the last three years? What about the person who has no shoes and have been walking barefooted on the street for the last 15 years? And we fail to realize that if we were to appreciate what we have, uh, it would go a lot further. So I'm, uh, let me get off that tangent. So I'm thinking about what I see and I'm just like, I'm glad someone's here, but I'm again comparing what I have by what I see. Next thing you know, the whistle blows and and the announcement says, all right, we need all attendees to prepare yourself. The race will start in about 30 seconds, 30 seconds. All runners, you know, get on your marks, you know, you know, get ready, you know, and uh, do the thing right. And um, we all pick the they all tell us exactly what lanes we're going to be in. And, you know, it's it's a straight shot out. And uh, tell us what lanes we're to be in. And, you know, and it just so happens, man, they line me up next to Jimmy. <laughs> I'm like, my God, are you serious? Yeah, then on the side of me was like there is another gentleman. On the other side of him, I think it was my buddy Eric. And then on the other side of him was Tracy. And then on the other side of her, you know, were more guys. So it was like Jimmy was in uh one lane it was like it wasn't the number one lane but i just know i was next to him i think there was like one or two people on the other side of jimmy but they had me lined up next to jimmy i'm like you know this is crap this is complete corn (laughs) this is corn it's not cool so i'm like okay so i'm going to get smoked by jimmy and then i'm going to smoke the rest so no problem okay no cool and that was that right so then it says, all right, runners, are you ready? You know, we all kind of nodded and what have you. They said, all right, you know, pay attention to the whistle. When you hear the whistle blow. So they said, you know, they started off on your mark, you know, get set, ready, and then they blew the whistle, okay? So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm zoned in and I'm just looking down. And I kind of look up and I kind of start surveying the kind of the crowd, just kind of seeing some different things. But I knew off to my left was my father and my grandfather. They were off to the left, like, you know, kind of out of shot, if you want to call it that. But they were clearly near the front, close to where the track was. Because, I mean, they were basically in eye shot. I didn't have to look for them. I knew exactly where they were. And I hear the announcer say, on your mark. Get ready, set, and right before he said set, I hear this voice that sounded like my father say something. I mean, again, I don't know if it was him or whatever the case may be, but it said something. And I got distracted for a minute and I looked up over to my left. And then next thing you know, I heard the whistle. But I was distracted. I heard the whistle and was distracted. Hmm. And then I realized I saw Jimmy take off and I had to jump off the line. 
literally I had to jump off the line. And my focus is on Jimmy. I'm like the dude's pulling away from me like a like, you know, like a freight train. This dude's just rolling like a freight train. And I'm like in a uh, a Hyundai XL. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was, it was that kind of comparison. And I'm trying to catch up to him. I'm trying to at least catch, catch up to him. And then I said, well, I know I'm not going to catch him. So, again, uh, this is only 100 yards. So I have all these different thoughts going through my head while I'm running, focusing on the number one guy, the number one man. I'm focusing on number one. But then I start looking to my right and I see uh, this other guy who should be nowhere near me is right pretty much almost next to me. But then I have realized, well, he had gotten off the line right before me. So I caught up to him and I'm about to pass him. So I'm like, cool, no problem. Uh, um, I'm about to blow past him. And then I just kind of, you know, look off to the side, just see where everybody else is. And I'm like, well, good. I'm in I'm in a good shot. And then probably about at the about the 50 yard mark, about the 50 to about 75 yard mark. I really start paying attention, looking ahead. And I look a little bit further to my right and pretty much kind of at a diagonal. I see my most unlikely rival, Tracy Bonner, in front of me. <laughs> oh, man, because I counted her out because she was a girl. I counted her out because I knew good well, as good as she was, I knew she didn't measure up as I thought. And I'm just going through this race in my mind that there is no way that I'm going to let a girl smoke me. There's no way I'm going to let her win no way there's no way it's not gonna happen 75 yards and i'm like and she's still in the front and i'm catching her and she's still in the front by the time we go past the line she leans forward and i lean forward and she still beat me by about a body length or so yeah yeah all because in one aspect or another, I had already counted her out before the race. How many people have you counted out before their race? Hmm. And then by that same standard, how many people have counted you out? Because there's a lot of people that are listening right now that you've been counted out by people. You're trying to be a content creator. Maybe you're a podcaster. Maybe you're trying to start a new business. Maybe you're trying to start a new ministry. Maybe you're trying to start something new. And people have already counted you out because they feel that you didn't measure up. Because maybe you're good at this area, but there's no way you can be successful at that area. You're good at being a driver, but there's no way you can be a lawyer. There's no way you could be a painter. There's no way you can be a preacher or a minister. There's no way you could be a mentor. There's no way that you can have an effect on people. And they've counted you out just because sometimes because of who you are. And you're going through this struggling period in time. But I'm here to let you know, some people will think to themselves that there's no way they can lose because, you know, after all, you don't matter. After all, you are not going to be successful. I've always been successful. I've always been great. And there's no way that somebody else would ever beat me at what I do. Well, guess what? You can still win. You can still place. You can still cross that finish line. 
Because, yeah, there's people that count you out. There's people that say, yeah, you won't be in the top 10. You won't be in the top five. Matter of fact, you will never win. There's plenty of people that have counted you out. Maybe man or woman who's listened to this podcast has gone through a situation where you've been counted out by family. You've been counted out by uh, friends. You've been discredited. Maybe they've gone on uh, social media and launched a rampage and, and belittled your name because they felt in their mind's eye you do not matter. Well, I'm here to let you know they can count you out all they want to, but they do not have the last say. Maybe you got off the line a little late. Maybe you heard the whistle and you took off, but because of who you are, they got their eye on the number one guy. They got their eye on the first place, dude, because they figure uh, you don't even matter. Hmm. And as you can see, you know, I've been down that road of looking at people and counting them out. So, yeah, I counted her out. I, I figured that there is no way that she would surpass me. And she did. And she did. And it's funny because uh, later on in life, as, as uh, angry and upset as I was, I wasn't mad at her. Uh, I was upset with myself because I got so self-confident or even arrogant in my potential that I um, discredited the potential and confidence in others. And I've learned it, it, it's taken me some time um, to now in my adult life to learn and understand that you can't count anybody out just because they don't start at the same time that you do, just because they don't have what you have, just because they don't drive what you drive, live what you li- uh, live, where you live, have the house that you have. But sometimes even in the midst of your, of your discreditation of people, Um, They can then surpass you because of um, maybe the um, the type of mentorship they end up getting, maybe the type of training they went back and did, maybe the type of uh, education they decided to go do. Because in all honesty, we can all win. We can all move forward. We can all be our best. But the one thing I tell you not to do is don't get into a situation to where you think that you have it all and nobody else has anything. Because there's so many people around the world, even within your city, maybe even within your neighborhood, that have the same skills, that have that are better communicators, that have maybe have better leadership, better morals, that maybe they don't have the... Um, The confidence right now, the confidence right now to think that they can make it, to think that they can do it. But I'm here to let you know when that confidence meets destiny, when that destiny meets their confidence. Let me tell you, there is nothing that they won't accomplish. This is a time where you need to always think about what you're doing, why you're doing it where you're doing it, and who you're going to grow in the process, okay? Because even though you think you can't lose, you can always lose. But keep your head up, stay encouraged. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned for another edition of the I'm Dealing With Broadcast. And as always, be blessed.